It often happens like this. We are driving around some part of the country through some beautiful farmland where the wheat is standing tall and golden, or down a narrow street where people used to walk in waistcoats, or through a section of town that has known better days. We often travel with a, a general direction in mind, but not always sure where we're going to stay on any given night. So right around 3 p.m. or so, we take stock of where we're at, and I start looking for a place to stay. Now in the olden days, we just used to look for vacancy signs, but now I have my trusty cell phone. So I just pull up my TripAdvisor app, start scrolling through the hotels or motels near my current location, enter the dates, check availability, read the reviews. I choose a room with a bed, of course, clean and friendly, reasonably priced, and click reserve. A few hours later, we pull up and enter the hotel lobby. We walk in the hotel, and the attendant greets us warmly. Trip advisor tells us it's a friendly place, and it is. So we exchange pleasantries, and then the attendant starts looking for our room reservation. Mackenzie, 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 Mackenzie. Oh yes, here you are. You are booked for a single night with one queen bed. They look up and see two older white women standing in front of them. Their gaze quickly returns to their screen. They take a moment, look, and then with a generous smile on their face, they say, you know, we have a room with two queen beds. If you'd like, I can easily make the switch at the same cost. Let me do that for you. And they usually are already typing the new room number before I can reply, sure, that would be fine. When what I really want to say is just one bed, please. Just one bed. My partner and I just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary on Thursday. a big deal. So, <laughs> and it was a ceremony that we uh, kept secret from our families and invited only a small circle of friends. Uh, we were admonished by our larger circle of gay and feminist communities for buying into the patriarchy and for uh, participating in a relic of oppression. And we were afraid of rocking the boat any further with our own families. We had just about capsized everything by coming out as a couple. Oh my word, a lot of things have changed in 32 years. Whew. 
It makes my head spin. I still cannot get my head around uh, the term wife. Well, no, I, I, can't, I can't make that happen yet, but I'm working. Still, in these 32 years of marriage, with all the changes that have come about, all the openness, and I can still count on one hand the times I have said, one bed, please. Now, as I tell you this story, I am deeply aware of the, the privilege in that story, the privilege of being white, of having a steady income, the privilege of free travel. But as we enter this circle of justice making, I think it's important that we take our place, wherever we're at, to take our place in the circle. And this is my place, so I'm telling you my part. So what is that? What is that that I would rather pass than tell my whole story, or even just a, a good chunk of my story. This month we're talking about the whole story, what it is to tell the whole story, stories that shape us, stories that stand in our way, stories that if we're daring enough might even create openings for something new. As I thought about this worship theme, I had to start with this seemingly innocuous situation that happens over and over again in which I consistently refuse to tell the whole story, even though it gnaws at me. It really eats at my well-being. So why won't I tell the whole story? I started thinking about this and I came up with two reasons. There's probably more, but this has to be a short sermon. <laughs> so one is simply physical safety, or patterns I've developed to create a sense of safety, and patterns that are totally justified. In my long history with Rebecca, we were once threatened in our neighborhood. An alley neighbor beat on our house with a two-by-four in a drunken rage in the middle of the night, yelling and calling us all kinds of names and damning us for our abominable relationship. It was the longest 20 minutes I've ever lived in my life. I've had trash thrown at me from a passing car because I was holding hands with a woman who happened to be a friend I was comforting. My father-in-law once looked me square in the face while talking on the phone with a friend and said, I don't know when my daughter is ever going to get married. And this is after attending our fifth wedding anniversary. <laughs> All of these events and the little nicks and cuts, the unintended or intended microaggressions that happen along the way, 
make for a sense of apprehension, of being unsafe in the world. And so I have created these patterns meant to keep myself free from danger. Even though times are changing, even though marriage is now legal for same-sex couples, I choose to pass because it makes me feel safe. But there's another reason I rarely say, just one bed, please. I choose to pass or hide away a part of my story because I want to conform to what is deemed normal. I want to be normal. I want to keep things comfortable. I don't want to feel embarrassed. I want to belong. I want to feel and to be seen as real. It just wears a body down to constantly push at these social frameworks that say, a marriage between a man and a woman is a real marriage. The rest is, well, who knows what it is. The experience of being white is the real experience of being human. The rest is exotic or cultural or somehow less than. A male perspective is the real perspective, the one that carries the weight. Cisgender or a self-identity that conforms with one's biological sex is the real expression of gender. Men should be strong and tearless, regardless of what they're going through. That is the real expression of manhood. The list of norms goes on and on and on and on. So I ask you to take a moment right now and ask yourself, where do I decide to pass? And we all do it. We all decide to pass. So where do you decide to pass in order to be perceived as real? And when you ask yourself this question, ask it in a tender way. Have mercy on yourself. Where do I pass? Whatever you've just come up with, wherever you hide away a part of your story, this is your spiritual classroom. Pay attention here. Don't fall asleep at your desk right now. This is a classroom that is inviting you into becoming wholeheartedly awake. As Buddhist monk Pema Chodron writes, 
to use the abundant material of daily life as your primary teacher and guide. And if I might paraphrase, to get over the embarrassment of being yourself, to get over the embarrassment of being yourself and realize that you are an elephant with amnesia trying to fit into an anthole. My friend and colleague, Pastor Danny Givens, speaks often of his spiritual commitment to transparency. That's another way of saying whole storytelling. Pastor Danny has stood in this pulpit and spoken about his leadership in the Black Lives Matter movement, his life as an activist, his life as a black man, a father, a felon, and through it all, he has committed himself to transparency. He has committed himself to not passing. So in a conversation about transparency that Danny and I had recently, and he gave me permission to share with you today, he started by quoting a maxim said in recovery communities. We are as sick as our secrets. His practice of transparency on every level has saved him, has brought him like Daniel through the lion's den. Transparency is like a balm, he said. It is a salve we can apply to our wounds inflicted by others or the cuts and gashes we have inflicted on ourselves with those invisible, emotional razor blades that always seem to be at the ready. Transparency is soothing to you first, but it also invites others to take the healing journey with you. The fragrance of transparency is inviting and enticing. Pastor Danny calls transparency the protest for self. The protest for self. To live in the world in a real way. Lately, I've been doing my best to take to heart and to take into my being this practice of transparency. Or in other words, whole storytelling. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get over being embarrassed by myself or harsh with myself for the things I'm feeling or the life I've lived and coming to know that all that I am, these expressions of my humanness is my godness in drag. Now, I want to be clear that there are absolutely times to pass. There are times when it is really important to discern the what and how and why of what you are doing and what you are saying, the where of where you're at, and choose to pass. But there are many times 
many times when transparency may seem terrifying or maybe uncomfortable, but it is absolutely a path to wholeness, a healing balm, an unexpected opening to something new. Not only that, it is the single most available tool for me to push against all the isms, the isms that are bound and determined in their mission to convince me and all of you that we are ants instead of elephants. That we belong in ant holes instead of roaming savannas of whole and wholesome living. When I say just one bed, please, I'm not only pushing back at heterosexes, I am rattling the cage of ageism, gender norms, sexism, and I would even argue racism. Any time any one of us steps outside those frameworks of the norm or the group think of whiteness, and begins to tell whole stories, we are exposing those frameworks for what they are. Big, fat lies. Lies that keep us separate and apart from one another. Lies that keep our big, magnificent elephant souls from brushing up against each other and meeting skin to skin, heart to heart. I want to charge you today with a bit of daring, a bit of playfulness, a bit of vulnerability and strength, all rolled into one. When you respond next time with your version, just one bit, please. Be present. Understand that you are in your spiritual classroom. You are coming out as the elephant that you are, telling your whole story as fearful or apprehensive or embarrassed or discomforted as you may feel. You are telling your whole story. Sweetheart, oh, sweethearts, you are God in drag. Remember that. <laughs>